I'm going to talk uh, first of all about um, a group of initiatives that we, a group of us, um, formulated in Manchester, uh, prompted by the what was a few years ago the upcoming 70th anniversary of partition and independence. And towards the end of my talk, I'll speak a little bit about more the more permanent legacy in the the South Asia Gallery that we're planning for Manchester Museum. Uh, some of the work I'll be showing is very directly related to the events around partition and independence, and some of it, in encouragement by what was said at the beginning, is more about the, the legacy of um, uh, Indian and Pakistani uh, artists in particular post-independence. Okay, so by way of uh, background... Some of these complicated... There we are. Um, uh, one of the things that really prompted us uh, to be thinking about uh, marking, in particular, this 70th anniversary was the fact that in Manchester, by far the largest um, minority ethnic group is people of South Asian descent. So it's 13% of the whole population. Uh, but we were very conscious that only about 4% of our museum and gallery audiences were from those backgrounds. So clearly we wanted to address that issue, and one obvious one was by doing something that was more obviously directly relevant to people's uh, heritage and, and experience. You'll see as well that the uh, population in Manchester is quite um, dominated by a very large Pakistani component. So of that 13% of Manchester's population, 9% of Manchester's population is Pakistani origin, just 2% Indian, 1% Bangladeshi, and 1% other Sri Lankan, etc. Uh, so we um, uh, generated ideas for a, a series of projects. Um, one, uh, which I'll go on to talk about now, uh, paid for by the Heritage Lottery Fund, which um, really uh, segues very nicely from what uh, Lord Desai has been talking about. And then one much more arts-orientated, uh, funded by, uh, or prompted initially by the availability of um, Arts Council's Reimagine India funding. Uh, but we thought, aha, Reimagine India funding is just about India. Um, with a 9% Pakistani population, we ought to ensure that we're embracing a wider uh, geographical area. So we were lucky enough to get Ambition for Excellence funding from Arts Council to do a rounded project looking at South Asian uh, art as a whole. So to begin with the first one, uh, like many others around the world, we were very conscious that with this 70th anniversary coming up, people who'd actually experienced it were, by definition, well over 70 and into 80s and 90s. Uh, so we thought, well, let's do a project to try and record memories of people who live in and around Manchester, um, both of people themselves who remember experiencing it, mostly as children, and also a few who, for whom the ripples of the events around partition and independence still uh, are there in their families. So it's an intergenerational oral history project um, uh, funded with a range of, of partners, um, uh, the, uh, funded by Heritage Lottery Fund, as I say, uh, with the Royal Exchange Theatre in Manchester, and I'll show some of the other community partners in a moment, uh, and with the Manchester BME network, uh, and so on. So, as, as I said, aimed at reaching out into the community to uh, try to find people who could tell the story of their own experience in their own words, uh, 
And obviously, as we all know, this is a contentious uh, arena. Incidentally, when I was been involved with um, organisations in South Asia uh, for a number of years now, uh, when I was visiting colleagues in, in India in the British Council a few years ago and said we were planning to do something on this, and they said, well, we can only talk about independence in India. Um, we, we, we're, we're really glad you can talk about partition and the difficulties there. I think that's changing with the Partition Museum, but it's clearly very sensitive. Um, so we had to bear in mind uh, the issue particularly acutely of representation, and I'll be talking about that a little bit more. So we wanted to get a balance of geography, faiths, etc. So that was uh, where we had to be very much guided by our community partners in how best to handle this. So here's a full list of, of the partners. Um, uh, as you might imagine, to find people who actually were, hadn't had memories of direct experience of partition in Manchester uh, and who are willing to speak, uh, uh, we had to work very closely with um, some of these partners that you see here. Um, this was done, we didn't sort of charge in saying, can we stick a tape recorder in front of you and record your memories? We have to develop relationships with people. Uh, so with the community partners, our, our project lead, who was from the community background herself, uh, did, anyway, traditional reminiscence sessions, using objects, uh, sometimes sourced from uh, community members themselves, to prompt reminiscence, often... Uh, as you'll be aware, some of these memories are only now surfacing. Uh, many of them have been held, held, held in check for quite some time. So, that, uh, oh, I keep hitting the, uh, I'm gesticulating and hitting the uh, microphones. Um, so, we talked about themes such as childhood, because uh, many of these people experienced partition when they were quite young, um, what their home was like, the journeys, sometimes traumatic, sometimes unremarkable, that people went through. Uh, and sometimes people would be invited to share their discussions in a group, share their reminiscences in a group. Sometimes they preferred to do it um, on their own. And those led then to more formal, after those relationships had been developed, more formal sort of set-piece discussions where we chose um, for, the, for the project sort of five uh, uh, interviews to do in full, uh, as you can see there with a, a range of backgrounds, explain, exploring, you know, pre pre-during and post-partition, um, and with trained champions. So uh, because of the issue of, of language, sometimes we had to work through a third party who could speak the language in which people preferred to, to talk. So there was a whole sort of issue of supporting um, the people doing the reminiscence themselves uh, and also uh, community partners and champions to help actually ensure that the interviews were, were held uh, successfully. Um, the archive that we produced, and we're continuing, uh, we, as I say in a moment, we did an exhibition, which was where the 15 or so were, were showcased. We're continuing to record those. The ultimate archive uh, uh, where they'll be held in Manchester is the Ahmed Iqbal Ola Race Relations Resource Centre, part of the University of Manchester and housed in Manchester Library for the long term. So for the exhibition, which opened uh, uh, in August, we chose, as well as the 15 oral history interviews, which are made uh, available sort of digitally, um, six films of people who were sort of particularly compelling in their interviews um, by a, a local filmmaker carried out in their homes, uh, sometimes stimulated by objects. And in the exhibition itself, there are a number of objects that people have lent to us that were particularly important to their story 
uh, and their experience of, of partition. In parallel with this, the reason the Royal Exchange was a partner was that the transcripts for the interviews were used as uh, raw material for uh, playlets, uh, poems and so on uh, by uh, South Asian uh, emerging artists who work in association with uh, the Royal Exchange. Uh, eight writers, um, eight monologues examining partition with uh, uh, performances in Manchester Museum itself uh, at the Royal Exchange and various uh, community venues so that in a way those communities that had helped us saw some of that material played back in their own venues. Uh, and the writers were also invited as they were developing. It wasn't just the raw material of the oral history programme interviews. It was also meeting the participants and doing participating in the reminiscent sessions as they were being developed themselves. So reflections on that. Um, one always learns how one could do a project better having done it. Um, it was very much all about networks. So it was about, um, uh, we already have reasonably good networks within the South Asian community in Manchester Museum. Uh, we forged new ones uh, through the interest that people showed around this project. And uh, it was all, the successful um, interviews were all about recommendations through partners uh, that existed already. I've talked about the, uh, the, uh, the issue of language already. And we had to understand... Um, to handle sensitively where people were coming from themselves. This wasn't just teaching people as blank sources of information for us, but it was very much uh, had to be a sensitively handled mutual uh, uh, relationship. I've talked about representation. We've talked already about the issue of you know uh, 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 Pakistan and, and India uh, and even Bangladesh now, um, and navigating intercommunal relationships. In, in, in other words, um, we wanted to get a range of experiences as well, not just people who were particularly well-educated and, and articulate. And that's not always, always easy, which is why we're carrying on uh, to do that. And in terms of managing expectations, it was a relatively small number of interviews and films. It's a relatively small exhibition, um, but it was very well received by the, uh, by the community, uh, communities we engaged with. And as I'll go on to say, um, it'll have a permanent uh, home in our permanent South Asia gallery, which I'll talk about in a moment. So that was one thing. Then in parallel to all of this, um, we uh, developed a programme uh, using the Arts Council funding called New North and South, um, with these two sources of funding, which brought together 11 partners, um, uh, uh, five across the north of England. So the title is all about trying to renegotiate uh, relationships, um, we hope based on greater equity, between the north of England and South Asia. Um, the 11 partners, uh, five from the north of England, Manchester Museum, the Whitworth Art Gallery, Manchester Art Gallery, Liverpool Biennial and the Techley in Leeds, working with five South Asian biennials or art summits, um, Colombo, Karachi, Kochi, very good, very good to see Sudarshan and Shetty, previous uh, curator, curator artistic director of the last Kochi uh, biennial, uh, Lahore Biennale and the Dakar Art Summit, all brokered uh, relationships through the British Council. And it's a, a three-year programme uh, to bring, uh, from the north of England's point of view, some of the uh, best uh, mid-career artists from South Asia who are not as well-known in the UK as they should be and give them the platform of solo shows that we think they deserve. Uh, and I think for the Biennale's point of view, um, it's an opportunity to co-commission with North England partners, with funding from Arts Council, uh, 
uh, artists or artistic work that can be shown in the Biennales and hopefully have an out, outcome in, the, in, the, in England, as, in the UK as well. Um, and alongside that, very importantly, a programme of workforce development on both sides. Uh, curators and learning staff in the North understanding more about the South Asian art scene, the Biennales trying to develop sort of sustainable skills around art handling, installation, uh, community engagement, that sort of thing. Um, and this year was the real spotlight on Manchester. And I'm going to show you very quickly now um, something of the highlights of what we've done in Manchester this year, uh, which comprises actually 16 exhibitions and performances relating to South Asian art. And this is, the, the, this is just the cover of the brochure. And I've got slides on a, a few to give you a, a, a bit more detail. But um, I won't read them all out, but you can see uh, Rax Media Collective, Wakas Khan, Rina Kalat, uh, Apna as community exhibition, Marine Mataza, Nikhil Chopra. I'll pause on that because I haven't got any images. But this is um, a brilliant and serendipitous partition-related story. Uh, many of you will know the performance artist Nikhil Chopra. He'd done some excellent work at the Whitworth um, a couple of times, actually. Uh, his last one in 2015, called, 2014 called Coal on Cotton, about links between uh, Mumbai and Manchester around textile industry. We invited him to go to the Museum of Science and Industry in Manchester, imagining he'd do something around textile machinery. Talking to the curators there, he suddenly realised, and they suddenly realised, that one of the great big locom steam locomotives in the power hall uh, built in Manchester for Northwest Indian Railways in 1912 and was then transferred to the new Pakistan Railways after 1947 and in a strange bit of Cold War diplomacy went back from Pakistan to Manchester as a founding exhibit for the newly opened Museum of Science and Industry in the, in the 1980s. So Nikhil uh, did an amazing performance around uh, partition because uh, it was almost certainly one of those steam locomotives that you see in black and white footage with people clinging to the carriages, taking people to what they hoped would be safety. So his performance was, in a way, his usual way, uh, adopt, adopting different personas and doing a durational 48-hour piece with charcoal drawings relating to the theme of partition and movement, which was, which was absolutely wonderful. Uh, there's the Memories of Partition exhibition, Nea Choksi, South Asian modernists. I'm delighted to see Amrita Javeri in the audience who curated that show for us. Risham Saeed, Hetain Patel, Tentative Collective. Rakib Shaw, again, I haven't got any images of that. That opened in June. That's Rakib Shaw, the um, UK-based uh, uh, South Asian artist, Indian artist, uh, about his, <coughs> his <coughs> excuse me, um, remembering his Kashmiri childhood. Uh, and that's going to uh, go to Dakar Art Summit, or a version of it going to Dakar Art Summit when that opens in February uh, next year. Suni Tarapore Valley, you probably can't see that. Her photographs of um, her about 20 years of, of um, Bombay stroke Mumbai. A redisplay of Manchester Art Gallery's South Asian design, uh, design galleries into focus on South Asia. And finally, Beyond Borders, a textile show at the Whitworth highlighting some of the best of the South Asian historic textiles with interventions by um, South Asian artists uh, with an interest in textiles. Uh, so that's a pretty exhaustive uh, programme. Um, here's just a few uh, further highlights. Uh, Rina Saini Kalat <coughs> was actually at my museum, Manchester Museum, which is not an art gallery, it's a museum of 
uh, human cultures and natural environments. And we chose her particularly because her work is very influenced by the natural environment. And she often talks about, excuse me, <coughs> the way in which um, she's very interested in uh, hybridity, boundaries, identities at borders and so on. So that seemed to be a very good subject because of our interest on partition and our memories of partition exhibition. But she's also interested in the way in which um, animals and plants are co-opted, which she says they don't recognise boundaries. They walk across, you know, they fly across and they walk across. But often animals and plants are co-opted for political nationalistic purposes, particularly by being taken as national symbols. So... Um, uh, this particular, for example, this, this room shows um, a display of her hyphenated animals uh, ex, uh, uh, trope, uh, whereby she takes the national animal, or sometimes the tree, of uh, adjacent countries or countries that are contested and splices them together in an, in an odd hyphenated uh, uh, animal. Um, we also took a couple more, a couple of her more obviously partition-related um, pieces and put them in our Memories of Partition exhibition. One is uh, about her imagining of the Wagga Gate on the Wagga border, you know, this sort of highly symbolic contested border where there's competitive marching between Pakistani and Indian military forces at the end of each day. So she sort of imagined a Hindu gate and an Islamic gate as a sort of challenge. And she's got some of her barbed wire, um, draw, uh, barbed wire artworks there as well. And just in the last few minutes available to me, I thought I'd give you um, a, a flavour of some of the other exhibitions, which are, again, so we, we wanted to showcase some of the best emerging artists. Uh, most of them would say they're international artists. They wouldn't want to be pinned down by being labelled as South Asian or certainly not as focusing specifically on partition. So I'll just give you a flavour of those. So uh, Hetain Patel is one of the few UK-based artists we've also shown here, uh, doing uh, a video... Um, the one on the left called The Jump, it's a, an existing work where he's jumping as Spider-Man, uh, slowed down for two and a half minutes on the sofa in his parents' home, which he used to do as a, a child. Uh, he says he's very interested in superheroes, but as a British Asian, um, you know, Batman and Superman, they've got white skins. Spider-Man, you don't know, he could, be, he could be South Asian. And there's another one there which is called Don't Look at the Finger, which is a... Um, an interesting version of uh, an African wedding with sign language and martial arts. Come and see it. Uh, uh, Marine Mataza, um, Lahore-based artist, uh, doing uh, work around uh, the sounds emitted, the soundscapes emitted by plants, picked up by electrical sensors. Uh, Nair Choksi, um, uh, Delhi-based artist, uh, a seven-channel video film of her and her friends uh, at a, a, a Jain ashram construction site. Uh, she's interested in how identity is... Con she doesn't exist, she thinks. Her identity doesn't exist except in relation to other people, particularly to her friends. It's a meditation on how identity is constructed in relation to others. Uh, Rishan Saeed, another Pakistani-based artist, uh, doing interventions in Manchester Art Galleries. Galleries, putting a towel on the, some of the bathing figures from the 19th century exhibitions. And also putting, I think I haven't got another slide of her work, no, so doing postcard size uh, paintings of Lahore landscapes, but not tourist postcards, post, uh, painted postcards of the backs of buildings and unfinished uh, urban expansion in Lahore. Uh, Wakas Khan, 
his sort of perhaps organic, perhaps Sufi-based meditative uh, drawings, absolutely compelling, five-star review in The Guardian, pleased to say. Um, uh, also neons across the three Manchester venues saying, uh, Kum Shadin, welcome, uh, which was really taken up by our um, uh, uh, students um, uh, when they arrived in the new term. Uh, a bit more, sorry, you can't see very well, Wakas is the work there. Then a major show, their largest show outside India of Rack's Media Collective, uh, Coronation Park Sculptures, last seen uh, in, in Venice. Um, uh, their lighthouse casting a beam, it's called Twilight Language. They're interested in ambiguity, twilight zones, uh, contestation and so on. Um, the number of, number of works specially done for Manchester. They spent a lot of time in Manchester researching Manchester's radical history. Uh, this um, is titled Communard Biscuit. And there's, um, there's an actual biscuit, dried biscuit, in the People's History Museum in Manchester from the Paris Commune in 1871. They took a, got a mould of it uh, and then have baked a whole series of communard biscuits and people are invited to taste the past by consuming some of the biscuits. They're not very palatable, I can tell you. Um, and very finally, uh, sorry, you can't see this very well, um, as, a, as a sort of culmination of all of this, as I said, Manchester Museum is planning uh, a new capital project, one element of which, to build in our courtyard a new temporary exhibition space and a permanent gallery, 350 square metres, on the history and culture of South Asia, which we're doing uh, in partnership with the British Museum. It will tell a chronological story from very earliest human settlement through Indus Valley, the, the cities and states of India, oops, sorry, I'm together, um, through to, um, and it'll be the first gallery in the UK, I think, that tells this story, the story post-1947 on the subcontinent and the story of migration and diaspora to the UK and the contribution to culture economy, etc., that South Asian communities have made to Britain. And that's something that we're very, uh, we feel is very important. And animating that, because we don't want it to be a dry and dusty gallery, will be a performance and gathering space where school groups can gather, uh, but performances of uh, music, uh, th uh, theatre, poetry, and so on will take place. Um, and will engage a new cohort of volunteers, including from the South Asian community, to engage people in what we hope will be a very lively gallery, which will also incorporate some of these stories of partition that I've been telling you about. Thank you very much.